Hello, welcome to Codependent and Shit, a real ass bitch talking about real ass shit. Today is my first interview ever, ever, ever. And I'm starting off with the guest I thought was very relevant for the show. Our first guest is Vanessa Grace. She goes by Soul Amplified on Instagram, and she's kind of an expert around codependency. So let's welcome Vanessa Grace. Um, just have you go ahead and just give us a little rundown of what you do and who you are. Absolutely. You know, first, I want to thank you for having me on your podcast. I am a fan. I listen to it and laugh every time. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> Vanessa Grace, who is Vanessa? So I am a therapist and I am a life coach. And in my life coaching business, I specialize in helping women heal their codependency in whatever way that is existing in their life. I have a private practice where I like see clients face to face and I end up with a lot of codependent clients in my office, but they usually don't know they're codependent Mm -hmm. until I start educating them about what it is. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh my gosh, I do that. And I'm like, (laughs) I know. And so it kind of blossomed from there when I realized that I could go bigger with this and be impacting more women. And so that's why I went life coaching online where people can work with me one-on-one, you know, over whatever video technology equipment there is. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also have a group program where I help people, help women um, in a group setting um, overcome and heal their codependency as well. And that's called the People Pleaser Recovery Roadmap. That is so awesome. I love that. I love everything you do because this is the kind of work we need. We need people helping with this kind of stuff. So um, I think that's really awesome. And thank you for what you are doing, honestly. Oh, you're welcome. Okay, we'll go to the next question. How, how, so how did you find out about codependency and what made you realize you were codependent yourself? Because you mentioned that before, right? Yes, yes. When we talked before, I have worked pretty hard on my own codependency so that is how I found out really what it was so my background is in social work Um, that's what my degree is in for my bachelor's and my master's degree you know just dropping my professional professional credentials in here Um, and so they teach you about it but it's it's not enough I mean they have so much to cover they can't possibly cover it right but only when um I was in therapy and my therapist said, you know, we have this group for codependency that might be helpful for you. And, you know, the process of getting there was a little bit laborious for me because I didn't want to admit that I might need that. But when I got there, I knew I was in the right place because what they were talking about, I could I could see that in myself. And I was like, oh, shit, this is embarrassing. I don't like this about myself. But I, you know, I stayed in that codependency group for over two years Mm -hmm. um, and had individual therapy with the person who ran the group um, once a month and just kept working it and working it until, you know, where I got to the point where I didn't need to be in the group anymore. And so that's how I really learned what codependency was. Mm-hmm. Um, was through like living it and recognizing it in myself, the different ways that it had infected my life. Um, and 
I truly believe that codependency is created as a result of how you were raised. And it's like a way that you manage the stuff that you were raised with. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I could look back and see, oh, that's, that's how I became codependent. Cause I look, I could look at my family history and even though my family history and the family that I was raised in is actually fairly healthy compared to a lot of circumstances, I could look at it and go, oh, that behavior, I can see how that caused me to feel like a people pleaser or like I needed to fix something. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was able to pull it together. So, you know, even if you come from a family that feels functional, like middle class, normal, like it can still happen. You don't have to have some insane trauma happen in your life for this skill to like develop in you. And it's just not an effective skill. And so, you know, that's how I learned what codependency was. And that's how I healed my own was having someone teach me about it. That's awesome. And I'm glad that you touched on that. You don't have to have this like severely traumatic childhood to have codependency. Like it's very common people like it's everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And there's a new definition of trauma coming out. That's like a whole other bag of wax that we're not going to get into now. But um, that definition of trauma Um, is based in like biology and science and actually includes more things than the classic definition of trauma. Um, Mm -hmm. And so everyone kind of has the new definition of trauma, but people don't, wouldn't recognize themselves as having um, trauma because they're using the old definition of trauma, which is awful shit happened. Totally. totally. Yeah. So there's a little difference there. Um, and if you are curious about it, just look up Bonnie Badnock, mm-hmm. and she has a book on it. So, ooh, I look that up. I'm yeah. interested. In it. That yeah. is cool. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. So, as far as all the education you have around codependency, like, how did you go about finding out all all of you what you know what you like do- dove into outside of your um, practice? So, I feel like what I learned in my codependency group that I was in I was it was really easy for me to like link it up with what I knew professionally and it was like I could plug it in and then I had this depth of knowledge and I was like oh I understand the backstory to why this codependency stuff happens because Mm -hmm. I also have a lot of training in trauma um, and different methods to heal trauma besides like talk therapy Um, I have like a play therapy method that I use, even though I work with teenagers and adults, I actually use this play therapy method and it helps Mm -hmm. to heal trauma. And so, you know, when you're learning a method like that, you, you end up learning about why trauma happens. And so I can like kind of plug everything I was learning about codependency into that. And, um, when you're in social work school, you learn a lot about systems and about how families function and um, how to take a family history and see repeating patterns that the person, the client may not even realize that there is that pattern there. But once you start talking about it in the family tree, you can see it. And so I was able to plug everything that I was learning about codependency into all these other things that I already knew. And so it just blossomed, I wouldn't say quickly (laughs) for myself, Mm -hmm. But in terms of like knowledge base, once I was over my own emotional stuff, I could quickly see how it 
synchronized with all these other elements of healing because it healing codependency isn't just healing a relationship with one person it's healing your relationship with yourself it's healing your relationship with spirituality it's healing mm-hmm. your relationship um with how you perceive yourself and your self-worth and your willingness to advocate for yourself it's like a total fucking 180 and it's insane totally that I- is so I was thinking about this interview today and I was thinking about how healing codependency is kind of like whack-a-mole until you get far enough along. There's so many like layers and different parts. And we talked about this before that there's just, there's too much for there to be like one source on it really. Like you, you just have to like, it's just never ending layers. I feel like. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. And even now, like I just had a conversation with my personal trainer this morning I was relaying a story to her and she was like, do you feel like that was enabling? And I was like, oh, and then, (laughs) you know, she shared a story about her life. And then as she was talking, I was reflecting. I was like, you know what? That could have been enabling because I didn't do the conversation piece of it. I just took care of it. And so even, you know, now, like I'll have something that'll pop into my mind. and It'll be like an urge to like fix something. I'm like, wait, that's not my job. That's their job. And so even though I know all this stuff and I teach it, like, it's still like this ingrained thing. And then I'm like, nope. So you got to like, it's like catching the thought early on and recognizing what it is and putting it through the filtering system. And now I can do that a lot quicker. Um, But it's still around. Right. Like, what the hell? Right. It's a hard process. It's a hard process. It takes time for sure. I'm glad you're acknowledging that also because you obviously have so much information. I feel like people slip easily into beating themselves up when they realize they're still in their patterns. But it's like it's not an overnight switch, guys. Like it takes time. Yes. And I feel like when you get through the psychological level and the mental health level around codependency, like and you heal most of that then you can almost kind of go to a spiritual level with it where then it becomes about if you say something that's awful and it bothers me, what you said is about you and your issues. And I don't need to take that on, but my reaction is about me. And the fact that I reacted in some big dramatic way or was deeply wounded, that's more about that triggering an old pattern in me. And so that that's almost like spiritual work to then understand that what everybody else does isn't about you and you um you have to heal yourself so that you don't have to react to their stuff yes Vanessa yes I'm so glad you said that this is something I've been talking about on the show like is what we're making other people's behavior mean about us huge yeah huge and psychotherapy does get into that um But when psychotherapy, you know, has all these boundaries around what you can say around religion and spirituality and belief systems. And so some people just are bold and like put it on their website, like this is what I do. And I talk about this. And so then their people flock to them. But I would say the majority of psychotherapists, therapists, you know, whatever the helper's title is, um, just kind of follows what the client believes in and says, well, what does your belief system say about this? And then tries to support them in that way. Um, Mm. But when you're outside of the therapy system, you can actually teach about spirituality in a deeper way. And that's Mm -hmm. actually why I like the life coaching portion of it. Um, Not that you can't do the spirituality part in therapy, but it gets a little dicey with boundaries and 
there might be other people who have issue with it. There's just more complexities. So that's why I like the, the life coaching part of it, because then I can bring in the spiritual aspects of it and not have to deal with kind of that overhead expectation stuff that right. that's part of therapy. Totally. I totally get it. So are you a member of CODA? Um, and if you are, I'm not sure if you are, what is your stance around meeting, um, CODA meetings and sponsorship? I think you actually said you were in meetings, right? I am not a member of CODA. I have never been to a CODA meeting. Oh, okay. And so obviously I don't currently go. Okay. Um, my stance on CODA meetings is that they're doing good things in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and anything that's helping someone improve is good. Um, you have to know what you're looking for to make sure it's the right thing for you. Because there's other options as well for healing. But like, it's a good thing. Right. Yeah. I agree. I just think that um, just an add-in for me about sponsorship Um and I don't know what your opinion is. I just think that like it could be a little rough terrain. It's someone that might not be able to afford therapy. I think sponsorship's a good option, but like we have to be mindful that sponsors are just you know people. They're not trained professionals, so it can right. get it can get sticky in those situations. And from my own experience as tr- being a sponsee, I realize that at least. Yeah, and so if if that's your only option, you know, is to be in Coda and have a sponsor, you know take it but then also Mm -hmm. make sure that you're amassing other information as well from books and podcasts and all the thousand ways that people can get it and then when you can't afford something out of pocket you're going to get your money's worth um because that person's going to have training totally yeah expert they're experts like vanessa guys Okay, so so I have a lot of people that write in or leave um, reviews, and they're basically they're just new to codependency. So I, this question is for them. So to someone who is totally new to realizing that they might be codependent, they're they're learning about it, like oh my god, this is me. How would you, um, how would you tell them to go about treating and healing it? Like first things first. So first things first is you got to be kind to yourself. There can be a lot of inner dialogue where people beat themselves up um, for not knowing what they didn't know. And so I'm just going to reiterate something I already said, which is codependency is a coping mechanism for a situation that you were in. You were probably um, had codependency modeled for you by somebody in your life. And so you don't need to like give yourself a bunch of shitty statements in your head about why you're wrong or awful like we all make mistakes so Mm -hmm. being loving to yourself is like literally the first step in it and speaking up about it with someone that you trust that's not gonna go blab around to people that you're not comfortable knowing yet because Mm -hmm. um, when you start talking about it it removes the shame associated with it and shame is deeply ingrained with codependence. Uh, it's like they feed each mm-hmm. other. And so I know that when I began to share what I was going through, um, the shame did start to lift. But I had to get to a certain point in my healing before I could share widely with my friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very small circle in the beginning that I was talking about it with. 
Um, and so that's more like internal work. So practically, um, you need to find your guru. You need to find the person that inspires you, that talks about codependency in a way that makes sense to you. And um, part of healing codependency is learning to trust yourself and learning to trust your own intuition. And so practicing that in all the ways that you can. Um, I would say learning what you can um, from all the sources, all the books, the podcasts, the websites, whatever. Um, and getting yourself, finding the guru, and hopefully you can work with your group, your guru. Maybe that's your therapist. Maybe it's a life coach. Um, maybe there's some other terminology that I don't even know of helpers out there. But that person can help you see um, what you're not seeing in yourself. Mm -hmm. And you will go farther faster and you will go deeper faster and you won't be alone. You'll have that person with you to like hold your hand essentially when you're like breaking down and having a panic attack and feeling like your world is unraveling mm -hmm. because setting a boundary is like the hardest thing you've ever done because you feel like your world is going to fall apart. If you set a boundary, mm -hmm. that person can be with you in it. Um, not like joining you in a codependent way, but like be present and hold space and let you know that you're going to get through it and it's going to be okay on the other side, even though it feels awful now. And having that versus not having that when you're trying to heal codependency makes a world of difference mm -hmm. to have that solid person that you feel trust with. Um, and I was glad that I had my group because there were several people in my codependency group that I felt that with. Um, and so it could be also a group, not just an individual. Right. Just having that support. That's so true. Um, about when you lay a boundary and needing someone to just like, kind of be there, like it's, you're doing the right thing for yourself. Like it's okay. Cause every time I lay a boundary, yeah. I haven't really had that. Cause I didn't find my, my guru per se. Um, and I'm always like, Oh, did I make the right decision? I don't think I made the right decision, you know, cause we don't have that strong sense of self yet. So of course you like, you're mm -hmm. second guessing it the whole time. So I'm really glad you mentioned that. Um, so for someone also early in codependency recovery, would you say they should avoid dating? Because I know when I first realized I was codependent, I was like, should I just be like writing everyone off? Should I not even like, am I like this damaged human right now? Like, you know, I think a lot of people also realize they're codependent through dating, even though obviously it applies to so many different forms of a relationship. Um yeah. I think that's how they realize it. So they were like, oh, no, should I not date? So what would you recommend? Like, do you think that's true? So I, okay, this is a complicated answer because one, people are going to do what people are going to do regardless of what an expert says, mm -hmm. you know, because um, that's part of what's going on. I think that it's healthier if people don't date if they're not already in a committed relationship or a marriage um, because you have a chance to like heal yourself. But I've also seen a lot of growth happen when a person does choose to date because they're going to end up dating the same kinds of people mm -hmm. and they're going to have a lot of practice setting boundaries. So I think if you're going to date while healing codependency, you definitely need your guru because there's going to be a lot of opportunities to set boundaries and they're going to be able to point out to you all the ways in which you're being codependent, of course, in a loving, supportive way. But then you'll be able to process that 
and practice setting boundaries while dating. If you don't have a guru and you're not involved in anything and you're dating, it's going to be a long road to heal it because there's no one guiding you, pointing out when you're doing a pattern. Mm -hmm. So true. So true. And so I know that was not a clear answer, um, but that's honestly what I think. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think that's probably what people don't want to hear. I think they want to hear, yeah, I can, you can still date, still do all the same shit you're already doing. But no, unfortunately, it's not true. It's not, that's not the answer we're going to give you guys. Well, if you do all the same shit that you've already been doing, then you're not actually trying to heal your codependency. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you're not ready to heal it right now. Right. So true. And there's no, there's no judgment in that because everyone's ready to heal their stuff when they're ready to heal their stuff because who knows what other layers are on top of the codependency that have to be healed before the person is ready to look at the codependency. Yeah. Oh my God. That's. And so, you know, maybe you're just, maybe someone listening right now is like, I'm not ready to stop dating. I'm not ready to get a guru. I just need to keep doing this stuff. Um, You know, maybe somebody's in poverty and they're like, I would really like to know where my shelter and my meal is coming from. And Maslow's hierarchy of needs is going to say they're going to need that before first before they're going to need their codependency right. healed. And so sometimes there's other stuff people have to deal with first. And so you deal with what's on top. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, that's okay. my thoughts. I totally agree with you. So um, do you have tips for parents? Like, so someone that's in their healing journey of especially realizing they're codependent and they might be stressed that they're going to carry this on to their children. And so they're, they're trying to heal and raise children basically at the same time. Um, do you mm-hmm. have any tips for them and also tips for if they stress on that? Cause I am included in that. <laughs> yes. So when your children are younger um, for that, ad- that category of listener, when your children are younger, you doing your healing work, as soon as possible is going to help you be a better parent. And then the example that you give them is going to lack codependent behavior because you've worked to heal it. And so then they're going, they're going to witness and remember behaviors that aren't codependent and that's going to help them be less likely to be codependent. Um, Even though experiences from zero to five, really mark who a person is in the foundation of their personality traits and kind of what they believe about the world, um, what they remember, you know, it helps, it matters. So healing yourself is ultimately the best thing that you can do to help your children also not be codependent. Mm -hmm. So if your children are older and they've already experienced a life of witnessing, you know, you or others around you, around them being codependent is making sure that there's a relationship of trust where your kid can come to you and speak truthfully. And this is where I'm going to reference my work with teenagers and teenagers were my first um, kind of like passion project with who I worked with for most of my career. Um, I've been working with teenagers since like 2000. So 20 years. Um, in a variety of ways. And what I've seen a lot is their parents say to them, why can't you come to me? But then the kid comes to them and they sort of listen and then they sort of don't. They say, they do all the listening and they say, yes, honey, but, 
and then the but is something that like undercuts everything else that the parent just said and then the kid feels like they can't go to them because of the butt part Mm. you know um and so really hearing what your kid is trying to tell you matters because then and even if it's something a name that does not matter to you but it's going to matter to a seven-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 15-year-old you know with all of the 15-year-old drama that happens um even if it seems small to you it seems big to them and so listening to them and engaging with them around it looking them in the eye eye contact is super important um, for developing strong attachment with children. Um, and so being able to listen to their problems when they seem small is going to build the ability for them to come to you when it is a big problem. Mm. And codependency is a big problem. Codependency in kids is going to look like them getting really, really worried about their friends. It's going to look like them being in their phone all the time, which I know all of them do these days, but they're in their phone all the time because they can't stand being away from their friend. Because what if my friend who is super depressed and suicidal needs me? What if I'm not there for them? It's going to look like um, being super worried about the general public. It's going to be, it's going to look like self-esteem issues in them. And so if you start seeing behaviors like they need to constantly save all their friends or they're really worried about all of their friends or they're parenting you a lot, they end up taking care of things that an adult should take care of. So when they start to parent you, there's been a role reversal. And so then they feel like they need to take care of you because maybe you're struggling in some way, which is a thing that happens. Mm. Um, And so, you know, if they're older... It's engaging in those conversations with them to kind of untrain them of the codependency that they may already be starting to do so that um, you can explain to them what you've been learning about why we're not doing that behavior anymore or that, you know, like, I know that I was working really hard to save all of my friends or I stayed with that boyfriend too long or I was in that marriage too long. I've realized this about myself. And I was trying to save them because I didn't think they could save themselves. And I thought if I saved them, then they would love me. And then I was worthy. I've realized I'm worthy without them. And I'm wondering what you think of all of Mm -hmm. that. And having a conversation like that can blow the lid off of a bunch of assumptions that a kid has. Um, And so really honesty and trust building and listening are what's going to get you to the place where you can feel like, okay, maybe my kid's not going to be codependent like that. But then there's also a point when they're old enough and for every kid, it's a little different because some kids are like grown when they're 16 and some kids are grown when they're like 22. It just depends on their like maturity level. Um, Then it's also this inner awareness of when they're grown, it's their responsibility to take care of themselves and you can't save them from your imperfect parenting anymore. They just have to decide on their own that they're going to do it and fix themselves. Yep. That's the harsh reality. It's like, no human's going to be unscathed. Like uh, we are going to fuck up our kids somehow. Like just seeing it is like, it's inevitable. You're not going to be the perfect parent, but we can uh, take steps, right. To like not make it so weird. Right. (laughs) Right. And so there's lots of things that people can do to help their kids be more amazing. And if you're worried about the codependency, I mean, I know I already said this, but I think the best way to do it is to 
heal yourself first so that you don't perpetuate it in your family. Right. Break the cycle. Something I noticed, um, and as you were saying it, I remembered, is that something I've remembered about myself as realizing I'm codependent is I did remember it even in childhood that I was so absorbed in my friends like their well-being like I would let them have like the best it's like you know we're like all eating cookies I'll like make sure they all get the best cookies and I'll take the worst one Mm -hmm. I'll like it was so weird or like I have to make sure like I'm putting on music that they want to listen to like whoever's in my car like Mm -hmm. it's my car why am I worried about like what they want to listen to just like some of it's subtle but it's like very like people pleasing like um like you said so it's crazy yeah yeah so and uh-huh. so, I mean, I think the adults remembering, the adults who are trying to heal their people-pleasing, if they can remember what they thought as a kid that they now recognize as people-pleasing and codependency and enabling, they, like you just did, can look for that in their children. Right. So true. Now I've got to win. Yeah. Like, tell my son. I'm like, don't, don't take, don't take other people's temperature to take, to test your own temperature, basically. <laughs> that's what we're doing. Right. Take... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So on social media lately, I've seen this, and I just kind of want to get your opinion around it. Um, I've seen people are saying that codependency is becoming a buzzword, kind of like self-love has become kind of a buzzword, and so is like narcissist has become a buzzword. Um, so I just wanted to know what your opinion is um, around that, and they were people are saying there's a bad connotation that it's like really shameful to be labeling oh people codependent um and just kind of what you think about that situation so i haven't seen that but that's because i guess i'm not in social media the same way other people Mm -hmm. are um and i see this multiple places with a lot of different words in my field um because just mental health and like all the labels that are in it people assume things about it and it's the assumption in society about what a mental health word means is um, usually not as detailed as the actual situation itself. And so if people are like being down on the term codependency and, oh, it's getting thrown around too much. Well, maybe that's just because people are figuring out that they actually are codependent. Mm -hmm. And I see codependency everywhere. I can talk to somebody for five minutes and figure out if they're codependent sometimes. And so, I mean, it's not wrong that it's out there more. People just might not like to think about it being out there. And just because something is out there doesn't mean that it's inaccurate. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My opinion around it was kind of like similar. And I also just think any type of awareness you're having around your habits is, I think it's good. How could that be bad? You're realizing what, um, you know, you're doing repetitively. That's like self-sabotaging yourself essentially. Yeah. So our final question, the grand finale question that I know, like people want this answered. I did when I first was like, Oh my God, I discovered codependency and I felt like the world is ending. Do you believe codependency is curable? It depends on your definition of curable. Um, that's my answer to that, but I'll, of course I'll say okay. more. Um, so yes, I think it's curable if curable means that you're not acting codependent anymore. If you're, if the definition of curable is you're not thinking codependent anymore, then I would say probably not and skeptical about if it's curable, if you don't even want to think it anymore. Okay. Um, 
because I feel like managing the codependency rooted thoughts. I mean, I've, how long has it been since I first started? Like at least five Mm -hmm. years, Um, you know? And so things still crop up, but I think it, and then I eliminate it. And not that the behaviors never happen now, but I feel like mostly healed. So mostly cured, like cured enough to like help other people Mm -hmm. do it and do their process and do it really well. Right. Um, And so if the answer to, is it curable is you're not doing the behaviors anymore then yeah, it's curable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really to cure it, you have to be willing to be truthful with yourself and pay attention to the emotions. I feel like most people don't make progress in the things they want to make progress on because they're not willing to feel their emotions. Like anything that you want to do in life, the barrier to that is feeling your emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to learn this new thing online that's going to help my business. Well, the only reason you don't want to learn it online is because there's emotion that you don't want to feel associated with learning that thing. Online. Yes, it's going to make you uncomfortable. And I don't want to feel the discomfort. So if you want to heal your codependency, the answer is feel the emotions. You got to get uncomfortable, people. <laughs> it's going to be a roller coaster. Buckle be, up. <laughs> buckle your seatbelt. Get ready, but you're going to be okay. I promise. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, there's plateaus in it. There's places of rest where you feel like you've arrived and you're like, oh my God, I can watch the sunset for a minute here and it feels good. And then... And then you start to get your legs under you and some solidity with the healing. And then you feel like you can go deeper because you have, you have your bearings. There's a point in the healing where that does happen and you feel a little bit more in control and you know, the process of learning and stumbling and learning again, and then trying to implement it. And so once you've done that cycle a few times and have your bearings, um, it's not as scary right it's like you're getting your sea legs a little bit uh, somewhat <laughs> yes you're like oh this yeah is okay i like that i like how you explain that because that's totally how it feels you just kind of start to get a better grip you're like okay so this is how it's going to be and this is how i navigate this when this comes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's yeah. awesome well i think you gave a ton of really great information um about codependency people that are looking how they should go about treating it how can my listeners find you how can they work with you all the sources okay so i'm on instagram like a lot that's soul amplified because the name of the company is soul amplified and people can email me if they're not on instagram that is vanessa v-a-n-e-s-s-a at soulamplified.org. those are the two main ways to get a hold of me i Um, I have a podcast called the soul amplified podcast. And one of those comes out every week and there's like 60 of them almost at this point. So you can dive into that and get more information um, through there. I have people who I work with individually. And so if you want me to be your guru and be your one-on-one coach for healing your codependency, reach out in one of those ways and we'll chat. Um, I do, breaking free of people pleasing calls with people that are a half hour and it's just free to like get some insight on what your next steps need to be um, and just process wherever you're at with a person who knows what's up 
and then, you know, figuring out if I'm the right fit for you. And, you know, is it the individual coaching that's going to work for you? I also have that program, the People Pleaser Recovery Roadmap. And um, the People Pleaser Recovery Roadmap is like a year long and you get um, one to two hours of like pre-recorded videos every month that you watch and it's all information about codependency and then you know there's things action steps that you do things that you fill out journaling and whatnot you know to help support that and help you really digest the information and then I meet with that group once a week in a private call and I answer their questions we might do a little grounding meditation to help center ourselves and just really support those women in their healing and they also get a private Facebook group where they can build relationships with each other and support each other because it's really great to have someone else who's farther along in their healing of codependency um, give you a little bit of mentorship if you're mm-hmm. new and so then there can be a balance in that um, in between the weekly meetings with me and so those are those are all the things I do sometimes I run like a Facebook group or I might run a little webinar. So I've got other little things that I do sometimes as well. And if you follow my Instagram or listen to the podcast, you'll hear about those whenever they happen. That is awesome. You hear that, guys? There are resources for codependency. You don't have to just sit and listen to a bunch of podcasts. You can find people that will help you directly with this. And I just want to thank you, Vanessa, for the work that you do because it's important. And I'm so glad that you are helping people in the way that you are. And thank you just in general for what you do. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. This is really my passion. I really want to help heal women of their codependency because when women um, have healed their codependency, then they link into that part in themselves of what do they really want, which is hard to do when you're still in codependency, like in the throes of it. When you figure out what you really want, then you go do it. Mm-hmm. And women are so powerful and amazing when they go do what they want to do. Yeah. Um, everybody imagine with me if all the codependent women in the world were, were healed and were doing the thing that most excited them and imagine how fucking amazing the world oh, would be I love that. if all of the women were doing what they loved because everyone would be happy and passionate and making change yes. in the world the world would be better because people would be doing what they were passionate about rather than pleasing somebody else and reacting from old trauma so i want to be part of the movement that makes that happen because women in their power mm, fucking yes fuck yeah i love that i love that we are we can rise up we can rise up i love that yeah yeah well thank you so much for taking the time to be my first interview on my show Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you guys have a great week, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you.